Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about analysis paralysis? Um, um, I mean, but okay, I, um, I, cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pants Talking Games. I am one of your hosts who agonizes over making moderate purchases on a weekly basis, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who also agonizes about a lot of things that shouldn't be agony-inducing, including things that I want and things I want to do. And basically things that make me happy. Anyway, moving wow, right can along. I, can we run with that topic? <laughs> like, can we like, wow. Okay. Wow. Let's, that's like did a little bit senda, of a say on, senda. I did I did say senda. Okay. I said because I say my name before I get into all of the nonsense. And that was like a dip into therapy lane. Yeah, right I was there. like, way, <laughs> that was way deeper than I was expecting going. for our opening. It just but okay. Kept going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. Um. Good. Wait. What did you? Th- anyway. Okay. Wait. Wait. Did it? Did I say something? I didn't. Okay. Never mind. Anyway, for today's topic, we are going to talk about um a tweet that we got from at the Joe Pound on Twitter. Obviously, because it was a tweet. Jeez. Um. Who said I'm behind on my co- on my podcasts? But I just saw your newest Leroy Jenkins episode. Would love a follow up on when analysis paralysis strikes your party. Yeah. Good topic. Oh boy. <laughs> I like I like when sometimes we can do like, you know, the point like the counterpoint um yeah, episode. Little sets. Yeah, yeah, little sets so of good. like related topics. Sure. Cool. So let's talk about analysis paralysis for a moment. We're gonna define analysis paralysis as when an individual or group, that's gonna be key here, when an individual or group is unable to make a decision and instead stalls or freezes up. Now, this happens a lot in board games. Like you will hear this term used a lot in board games, analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. um, especially in like complex board games that have lots of things that you could potentially do on a turn. You yeah. will see people kind of lock up and not sure what their next move should be. But also this is a group level thing that happens everywhere. This happens in um this happens in business world. This happens with a group of people trying to figure out what to do for dinner. Um, pretty much everywhere. And of course, then it happens at the table when we're playing tabletop role-playing games. And that is when a group cannot get to a decision and yeah. stalls and freezes up, right? Yes. Um, and this has this has an impact when you're gaming, right? Yeah. Um, um if you can't come to a decision as a group about what you're doing, how you're approaching a situation, where you're going next, any of that kind of stuff, right? Um, You've stalled out your game progress. You're not moving forward anymore. You're literally just stuck until you make a decision. Um, And it's like at a certain point, it becomes stressful and unfun because you just keep rehashing things over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Yeah, and again, you're like... When we talk about progress, we mean a very specific term here. We use it on the Misdirected Mark Network. Progress in a game is you moving through the story. Yes. But if but if but if you're locking up at 
certain decision points, then the game isn't progressing. You aren't going from, you know, start to middle to finish kind of yeah. thing. You're stuck. No one likes that. No, it, it, I mean, it just, and there's, to be clear, because I know we've done an episode on planning before and some of this stuff is similar, right? Because people do sometimes, when you start planning, you can run into analysis paralysis. So um, I know we've done an episode previously on planning. And one of the things that came up and came out of that episode was um, a lot of folks really like planning. And I completely get that. It isn't where I personally get my joy from role playing. But analysis paralysis is distinct from planning in that if you are sitting and planning, you are still kind of making some sort of progress towards a goal of having a plan. Analysis paralysis is the point at which you are no longer making progress. You are stymied and you just you're going in circles, right? Yeah. And at that moment, right, in a game, and it's happened to, I think, pretty much everybody in a game, when that happens in a game, like, nothing fun is happening. No. Nobody's having a good time. Um, The game isn't going anywhere. The GM's kind of sitting there like, hmm, wonder what they're going to do. Like, do-do-do-do, right? Wonder what they're going to do. The players are, you know, in various states of stuck. Some of them may be frustrated. Some of them may be, you know, withdrawing. Um, immersion may be breaking down. There's a lot of things that start to fall apart. And to be clear, everyone has a different threshold of how much sort of time in the analysis paralysis um, circle they can handle before they get frustrated or stressed out, right? Before um, they, Leroy before Jenkins. they Leroy Jenkins, which is where this connects up, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you want to connect the dots, right? You like want to Leroy the Jenkins dots. is that kind of. This is um, where we are, <laughs> and, and that one wasn't really, to be clear, the Leroy Jenkins scenario isn't really analysis paralysis. They knew what they were doing; they were just taking a long time to get there, right? Yes, there was right. a lot more uh, talking about doing than doing, and then Leroy. Uh, spurred into action. Analysis paralysis is literally like you don't know what to do next. Yes. But you can still absolutely Leroy Jenkins an analysis paralysis situation with a very similar outcome generally. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You totally can. um, You totally can end the paralysis by initiating an action, whether it is good or bad, whether it is ill-conceived, well thought out, it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. That is eventually what um, breaks this or a decision. A decision would be the other thing that breaks it. Yes. Cool. Cool. In order for (laughs) us to talk about this today and how to deal with it, before we can deal with it, we have to discuss why it happens. Yes. Why does analysis paralysis happen? There's not one single reason. Uh, We came up with a bunch. We are going to ping pong through them. And what I'm going to ask is... um, We'll ping pong through and give a couple, like a brief description for each one. You sure. good with that? Yeah, totally. Okay. And just just before we even start, our standard misdirected mark disclaimer, this list is neither complete nor in order. We don't in- consider this to be the exclusive, like full list. Um, there's probably other reasons that we didn't come up with. These are probably the common ones. Yes. So um, would you, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I, uh, well, now I'm going to just make a decision. First. Yes, okay, you make a <laughs> there decision. There we go. Since, <laughs> since you just mo- since you just sensed saw it ha- about to happen, I'm going first. I was about I was about to do the polite. Oh no, I don't I don't need to. I was like, oh my god, what are we doing on mics? Even show top. 
I will be show top. That's fine. <laughs> okay, I'm <go>. show top. <laughs> okay. Um, first one is severe risk aversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this means is that the group is overly cautious, right? They are um, worried that the outcome of this action will have severe consequences to them, i.e. loss of stuff, character death, loss of objective, something like that. Uh, and because of their severe risk aversion, they are paralyzed about making the decision. Now, this severe risk aversion could be so severe that they can't make any decisions, um, or it could just be a risk aversion about a particular decision, right? This doesn't have to be a chronic issue, but they could be like, oh, they've reached some threshold of risk level, right? Below this threshold, they are fine making decisions, making mistakes and things like that. But above this certain risk threshold, this comfort that they have with risk, they now uh, reach an uncomfortable position with risk and become like more severe, like more risk averse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, They might not have enough information. Like they might just literally be working on um, a lot of questions. And this situation is very much you know, there, there's a situation in which you don't have enough information, but you think you have enough information. And you're like, yeah, no problem. We got this. And you discover you don't have enough information. This is different. This is when they're sitting there going, um, you know, but we don't know where the warehouse is. So now we have to check all of New York City, right? Like there's not enough information for them to make a decision about how to even like address this yet. Mm-hmm. The uh, third, the third reason uh, could be too much information. Mm -hmm. Uh, The group has collected a whole bunch of information, some of it not necessarily germane to the decision that needs to be made, but they've got it. They're looking at it. Yes. Yep. All of it. Right. Um, Lack of leadership, either in the form of players or characters. Um, and, and to be clear, we don't mean lack of leadership necessarily as someone who is like, yes, I am the marshal and I will now make this decision on behalf of the group. But we do mean from a social perspective, whether in game or out of game, someone who might be able to help the group actually achieve a consensus, right? Like someone who figures out the compromises or like talks through things. If that isn't something that your group does naturally, this could be, you know, contributing to the problem. Mm hmm. Uh, next one is uh, overthinking or overplanning. Uh, and this is just, this is a case where there is an adequate amount of information, but there is a lot of analysis going on, probably more analysis than is needed to reach the decision. But the group has kind of fallen into this trap of what ifs and uh, what about this? What about that? What if this happens? Should we, you know, contingency, contingency, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they just have spun themselves up to a point where uh, they are working on a million contingencies and not focusing on a decision. Right. And the last one, or not the last one, I'm sorry, the second to last one, which is group dynamic issues. So group dynamic issues, now we're talking about social issues um, that are probably, whether they're playing or not, out or not in game, which they could be, right? They are probably happening in person at your table. Because if you have characters who don't get along, but the players get along, you will still be able to make decisions at the table because the players are working together, even if the characters are not, right? Mm -hmm. If you're having group dynamic issues at the player level at your table, 
there may be people who do not feel comfortable making decisions with other people at the table or or safe, right? Like do not feel that the other people at the table are necessarily making decisions that can take into consideration the circumstances of everybody at the table, like the safety of the people, either emotionally or their characters, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is an actual social group dynamic issue. Yeah. Uh, lastly, there may not be a way that the group, the group may not have a process for making decisions. Some groups, a lot of people do this organically, just, hey, we need to make a decision, talk, 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 some sort of decision arises. Some groups benefit from having a process. Um, This can be, we're going to talk about how to deal with it, but a, a, a formalized process that says, hey, when we, you know, when we get stuck on a decision, we do this. Right. Here's how we're going to resolve. Right. Yep. And in the absence of that, without a good process, again, you could just lock up yep. uh, and get paralyzed. Yeah. And the other thing that I just wanted to add on to the end of this list is that any analysis paralysis that you encounter with your group could be one or could be one or more of these. Right. Like you could have severe risk aversion um, tangled up with not enough information. And that is just going to make the severe risk aversion like even worse because when you don't understand what the risks are, then you can't even, you know, decide how risky you're being. Like, so you can tangle a bunch of this stuff up. You could have group dynamic issues with not enough information and the severe risk aversion, right? Like, and you can see how it just kind of starts getting harder and harder the more of them you have going on to make a decision, right? So for sure, um, like severe risk aversion can lead to you thinking you don't have enough information. Oh, yeah, that too. Right, right, like, oh, well, we need more information in order to be safe. Um, You know, so let's go get more information, right? Or overthinking. Mm -hmm. Severe Mm -hmm. Severe risk aversion will also lead to overthinking. Um, because you start having to plan every contingency, uh, because you don't want to get caught, um, you know, unprepared kind of thing. Right. Or like, um, severe risk aversion might be a symptom of having a lack of leadership at the table where there isn't anybody who can kind of help everyone talk through what the real risks are and come to a decision. Right. Like, so Mm -hmm. they all tangle up together and the more you have going on at the same time, the the more potential you have for a lockup of analysis paralysis, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so, cool. yeah, we listed them singly, but you are correct. They, yeah. um, they can blend up in some really uncomfortable ways. Right, and I mean, I think, so we're going we're gonna to jump into next some thoughts on how to address each of them individually. And the reason I wanted to point out that they could be happening together is that if you think you're experiencing more than one, with analysis paralysis with your group at the table, then, you know, take the bits and pieces from each one and see how you can merge them together into a potential solution, right? Yeah. So if they're not happening singly, you know, you don't have to only address one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's right. Let's, let's, let's cool. solve some problems um, with some suggestions. Of course, you know, all suggestions are just that. Take what you, take what you need, take what makes sense for your group, put it in the context of your group when you take this information and translate it. Here's our buffet of options. Yep. There is ultimately <laughs> one goal with analysis, with solving analysis paralysis, right? No matter what information we give you, we are driving to just one thing. And that is the group makes a decision. Yes. Yep. That's how we want. That's where we want to go. Exactly. Yeah. How but, but you there, solve that. There is one key thing that I do want to say, sorry, before yes. you go on, which is that it's really important about the sentence that you said, which is the group 
yes. makes a decision, right? And that is how this is very distinct from Leroy Jenkins. Not one person makes a decision and just goes off. The group makes a decision. Please carry on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> fine. No, group is a great emphasis. The group needs to make a decision. The decision ends the paralysis, right? So yes. what your what your goal is as fellow players, as the GM who's sitting watching this paralysis happen on the other side of the screen, ultimately the goal for this is for the group to be able to make decisions. And so how you solve this has a lot to do with why it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. We are going to now go back through that same list and give some general tips for how to address each one. Yep. Based so on. Exactly. I'll, just, I'll start again because yep. I did severe risk aversion. So I'll talk about cool. how to address it now. So with severe risk aversion, um, in this case, the player. So one of the scenarios here is that the players have gotten into their head that they can't take on the next challenge. Right. Like whatever that decision is, they don't feel uh, safe enough to make it with to either commit to it or to being wrong, right? Like, what if they forget something? What if they go in the wrong entrance? Whatever, whatever. Yeah. So sometimes, as a GM, you need to just kind of remind or assure the group of their capabilities. Like, I'm not sure what you guys are all upset about. According to your inventory, you have five potions of fire resistance. Like. Is that, you know, does that not, you know, you know, does that not help? And sometimes that will um, help them realize that they're not in as much danger as they think. It lowers the risk level that they're perceiving. And if that lowers enough underneath that threshold, they'll be fine making decisions. Yeah. So other times, if it's not assuring them or kind of propping them up, sometimes they misunderstand the description of what's going on and they think something that you've described is way more dangerous than it really was. And so you then have to, like one of the other techniques you can do is kind of reiterate what's going on and be like, okay, just so that we're all on the same page, let me go back over what the situation is here. You've got this over here. You've got that over here. This, you know, appears to be this, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes that will open something up and the players will be like, oh, I thought that was whatever, like, oh, I thought that's where the dragon was sleeping. And you're like, no, no, I said that's where the dragon sleeps based on the imprint in the gold. And then the players will then recontextualize the information. And again, that risk level drops. And suddenly they're like, oh, in which case, yes, we could cross through there as long as the dragon isn't there sleeping. Right. As long as they're not there right now. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's so severe risk aversion is about um, recontextualizing things so that they truly understand their risk level. And hopefully it's less than what they think it was. Yeah. If if they've taken in all that information and they still think they're in grave danger, um, you may have to turn back on yourself and look and think, did I overpower this encounter? Yeah. <laughs> Did is, I, this, you know, is this too much? It could be yeah. actually your fault. But if... It, it if could, it's a misunderstanding, it, yeah, these are the ways you clarify it. Because it, it might not be a severe risk aversion. It might be a very basic, uh, uh, you know, instinct to not die as a character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if clarifying doesn't do it. Um. 
then maybe they are correctly understanding the situation. Yes. And um, then in which case, maybe you are overpowering maybe your you're shit. Maybe you're overpowering and- your shit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe reel it in a little bit. Um, cool. The next one is not enough information, right? Um, and in this case, let them ask questions either as players or in character. And that, that'll be a little bit different, right? Depending on your scenario. Um, and some of that may be ongoing clarification about like information they may have missed or not picked up on in very small specific ways that you thought you dropped or whatever, but they didn't, you know, maybe they didn't get it because, you know, sometimes on our, like the GM side of the screen, you say something and you think it's really obvious. Your players don't necessarily think it's really obvious. They do not have the whole picture, right? So Sometimes the way to clear this up is to um, let them ask questions either as players or in character um, that either to clarify information that they do actually have that they may not realize that they had or to actually get more specific information that they feel like they are missing. Right. So create a scenario in which they can get that information um, or give them the opportunity to go get more information and clues, make it so that they don't actually have to make the decision right now that they can spend, you know, 24 hours um, sending out all their henchmen to explore New York City and check all the logical places and figure out where the warehouse is before they have to actually make the decision about how they're going to attack it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, give them the opportunity to go collect the information that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, go into too much info, right? This is the case where um, the group has a whole bunch of information, right? But some of it is probably extraneous to the decision that needs to be made, right? It's probably useful elsewhere, but it is probably extraneous for the decision. And so sometimes um, the group needs to, or you as the GM kind of needs to help guide them into how to weed out the extraneous data. Like, yes, there are, you know, yes, there is a garrison of henchmen um, in, you know, in the keep, but the keep is three miles away. Are are you guys wor- like you guys are deciding whether you want to go through the mountains or through the swamp? Right. Like, the yes, keep doesn't that, have any bearing. <laughs> right. The, yes. Yes. There's some important things about the keep that you're talking about. No, you do not need to worry about them right now. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the skill of decision making. And it is a skill. So like we say with all skills, right, it is a thing you can learn and improve upon. But one of the skills in decision making is learning how to pare down data. To the like to the data that is relevant to the decision being made. And so sometimes you just have to like, you know, put certain things outside of reach. Like, yes, we will have to worry about that garrison, but that is a later problem. Yes. Let's just focus this decision. Yep. Right. Let's focus on where we are at this moment. Yeah. Okay. And and again, like I said, sometimes you as the GM will have to help step in and coach that through. Yeah. Because, again, the other part about um, trying to pare down the extraneous data is they don't know the whole story of the whole world. So there's data that may seem pertinent to them that isn't right. That is now influencing their decision. Yeah. Uh, Lack of leadership. So um, as we were talking about before, when we say leadership in this sense, we're not saying that there has to be a player or a character who is like, I make the decisions. Um, But we are saying that there's someone at the table that in whatever form it takes um, helps the group make decisions, right? And maybe that is because of the setup of the game. Maybe that is, well, I'm the sergeant, so I make the decisions around here. Um, but you know, that could also very much just be like someone who, um, 
you know, I've been adventuring a long time. And in my experience, when you see the slime on the walls, it means there's a news and like, you know, helps everyone come to, I don't know where that came from, um, helps everyone come to a decision um, either by moderating or just like recommending compromises, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the absence of anyone doing this work, um, then there's not necessarily like if, if no one is stepping in to do it or your group doesn't organically naturally kind of do that, um, then there isn't someone who's kind of facilitating that conversation and organization and compromise and mediation that gets everybody to a consensus, right? Yeah, I actually, um, this one's a tough one for me because in my day job, this I, is, this I is your day groups, job. right? I, I, I do this all the time, right? <laughs> my job is to, as I once explained to my child when he was four, my job is to help smart people do smart things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend a lot of time doing this. So I don't do this when I'm a player. I almost always pick a follower type character. Uh, because my natural inclination in almost everything is just to be like, I'll take over. As you just demonstrated about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. The moment there was any hesitation, you're like, no, I got this. <laughs> no, because hesitation's a killer, right? It, like, right. And I know like this, and again, this is my, like in my day job, this is a thing that I do, right? I help groups make decisions is a big part of my job as a project manager. But I will, in role-playing games, I don't want to steamroll anyone because I can. Like, I just, personality-wise, I can. So I almost always play, like, the kind of um, support, fallback, um, tank kind of thing that is not the leader. Yeah. Very rarely do I play a leader-type character in a game. If there is a total breakdown in leadership, I will step you into will, that void yeah, but that void. i will always try to let someone else do it first yeah it's just a struggle i it's a struggle i have yeah because i just don't want to be bossy with people who don't want me to be right like right. my Does project it, teams mostly want me to yeah they're and, paying you to make that happen yes <laughs> and in other areas of my life people want me to be bossy Aww. um <laughs> And that is also okay, right? That's also fine. But when it comes to role-playing games, I don't want to, I don't want to jump into it without like, you know, everybody saying like, yes, this is what we would like. So I try to just uh, chill on that. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. And, and actually the next one is yours again, which didn't seem right because you were talking a bunch, but I promise that it is. Oh, yes. Sorry. Because I, <laughs> okay. I commented on things. No, because right, so it, it was good. Right. When it com- comes to overthinking, over planning, the solution for this is really to pare down or cut down on the what ifs. Right. It is easy to what if a decision to death. Um, and when so I'll just here is a thing from project management um, world in project management world. When um, when you are doing risk analysis, which is literally what ifing, right? When you are doing risk analysis, we look at two things. Uh, What is the impact if this thing actually happens? I.e., is it really bad, a little bad, not too bad, etc. But more importantly, what is the probability it will occur, that Mm -hmm. it'll occur? Is it likely to happen? Is it remote, like this, like improbable, that kind of thing? 
And then when it comes to what risks do we factor into our decisions, we factor the ones that are likely to happen first because they're likely to happen. And then from there, the ones that have the biggest impact. So if you have spun up a million what ifs, ask yourself the question, how likely is that going to happen? And if it's not very likely, park it, like Mm -hmm. push it out to the like, yes, yes, we'll put that on the like plan D list. Yeah. Kind of thing. There's actually a quadrant for this, right? That's the mm-hmm. the axes of like um, mild to severe and then unlikely to likely so that you can also like place things. Um, you can four quad this. Absolutely. Right. Right. So you can place things in the quadrant of like if it lands in highly likely and severe, then you're like, cool, I'm planning for this. Then these go into our decision. <laughs> yeah. These yes. go into our decision. And then if it lands in the unlikely and mild, you know, then we just don't even, we don't even care. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can address them, you know, more from there. Um, yeah. And so the, the thing that I wanted to, to jump in on this one too, is that if this is a consistent issue for this particular set of people that you're playing with, um, one of the other ways to address it in just as a, from a game perspective is to either play a game with or create a game mechanic for the game that you're currently playing, which, there are many of these mechanics, so you can transplant something, make it up, whatever, um, that is for contingencies, right? Because um, many games that have a high focus on planning, like things for heists, where the characters are also supposed to be, like, really good at what they do and, like, obviously would be able to plan for all these what-ifs that, you know, I, a product manager, can't necessarily anticipate because bank heists are not my day job, Right. Um, (laughs) they just aren't, I don't know. Um, and, and so having a mechanical fallback for, um, for contingency, for preparedness, um, flashbacks, you know, all that kind of stuff, having a mechanic for that frees me up to not have to address every what if, because I know that if a what if comes up, I will be able to do something about it as if my character who should have thought of it did think of it, even though I, Senda, again, not a robber of banks, did not think of it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No, and that's, I mean, the games that have those mechanics, right, are specifically designed to cut this piece out. Yes, to cut down on the the what-if overthinking specifically. And that's why I wanted to mention it, right? Um, Because even if you're playing D&D, if this is the specific point that you find yourself stuck in consistently, then maybe there's a way that you can homebrew something in that would resolve this for that particular group that runs into this all the time, right? Um, There's no reason not to, right? Like, it's not going to hurt anything to say, um, you know, everybody gets one flashback a session or you spend an inspiration Mm -hmm. point to get a flashback or, you know, whatever that is, right? Like, you can absolutely do that stuff um, and set the expectation basically that there's some kind of safety net if they didn't anticipate a what if and that lets them move on from agonizing over all the what ifs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just is a, another way to approach it. Um, the next one is group dynamic issues. And I we don't have like a ton of suggestions on this You're one. You're not going to like this answer, no. folks. Because <laughs> it's always the answer. And that is, so the, the notes, and I love it, just say settle issues with a period. I'm going to say a little bit more than that, um, which is, 
this is a situation in which you need to communicate at the player level because group dynamic issues, even if they're occurring at the character level, are happening to some extent because something's going wrong with the players, right? Because as I said earlier on, we can have two characters who do not get along. As long as we, the players at the table, are getting along and working together, that literally doesn't matter for the decision-making process. Um, You can play out that someone's unhappy with the decision in character. As long as you, the player, are happy with the decision, who cares, right? So this is a player-level issue, and it's something that's going to vary group by group depending on what the issue is, right? Like, or if you know what it is. So, like... This, the 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 solution is solve the group dynamic issue, right? Like you have to solve it. Um, and and this this is you know a whole conversation and probably more on its own. Um, but there is a lot of information out there about um, solving personal issues when groups of people are working together and managing that social dynamic. And those are the kind of resources that I would turn you towards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, both in terms of how to approach it, how to address it, depending on what it is, et cetera. Um, so yeah, basically you're going to have, you're going to have to communicate about it and then fix it in whatever way that is, because there's so many possibilities for what could be causing this issue. So yeah, quote, settle issues, unquote. Yes. Just do it. Just make it happen. (laughs) Hand wave. (laughs) All right. Last one. Lack of process. So said this before, you might need to have a method defined for how to either solve hard problems or how to tie break when the group can't um, reach consensus. Um, Or maybe you just want some way to, you know, make decisions like maybe all decisions have to be unanimous, right? That's going to be hard, but not impossible, right? Mm -hmm. Unanimous through compromise. Sure. Um, Maybe it just has to be majority. Maybe the group's like, hey, look, when we run into a problem, uh, we'll vote. Majority majority goes and the people who are in the minority who didn't vote for it are, you know, will agree to go along with the decision because that's how we make decisions. Yep. Or it could be uh, when we reach an impasse, um, we break out the, you know, we break out the quartz D20 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we take odds or evens and just roll it. And that's the decision we go with. The The purpose to this is if you have as a group a way to get to the decision point. One that you've all bought into, you've all agreed to, you all agree that like, however this goes, you'll accept the consequences of it. Then it is a tool you can deploy when you get stuck on a decision, right? Like maybe a lot of decisions, you'll be like, fine, let's go left, let's go right, let's do this. And then when you hit that impasse, you can be like, cool, we have a way to solve this problem and employ it, and then keep moving. And I think the important thing that I just want to make sure we've said is, um, if possible, you shouldn't be deciding on what this process is while you are mid-analysis paralysis. (laughs) Because it is very difficult as a person in the minority on a decision, for example, to be like, yeah, it's fine, I'll be cool and won't be passive-aggressive about this if it if, you know, we just decided right now that the minor or the majority rules and I'm not in the majority. So, of course, I don't agree that that's a fair way to solve it because we just made the decision and I know I'm not right. Like, you know, it is so, the kind of thing that you should discuss outside of the moment of analysis paralysis. If you know that this is an issue your group is having. Yeah. So it would be nice to say that in your session zero 
or character um, construction that you have worked out this problem. Most of you will not do this, right? Mm -hmm. Most of you will be optimistic that you will be able to reach consensus at any point in the game. But having had said impasse, you can, after that session outside of the game, decide to come up with a system. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's totally fine to use this as a patch and not necessarily have it in place. Now, if you know that your group is going to be particularly troublesome in making decisions because personalities at the table or character um, character concepts or whatever, you may want to just employ one of these early on. Yeah. But my guess is you will develop this right after yeah, right you after needed you needed it. it. Yeah, the first yes. time. The you will get time. through yeah. you'll get through that first one some way, but after that you will you will come up with this. So Yeah. Yep. 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 I think there's anyway. one more piece of that too, right? Yeah, what do you got? Which is how much discussion do you oh, have yeah. before before you employ the uh the tool that you've created? Yeah, that can definitely be part of your, you know, like, hey, we'll all share our thoughts. And if we don't reach consensus after we've gone once around the table, um, we'll deploy the, you know, the quartz D20 or we'll go one more time around the table. And if we can't reach, you know, whatever, then we're then we're breaking it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that'll all factor in in that all factors into that. Uh, as well. But like I said, you will probably develop this process after you've needed it once. Yes. <laughs> Which is, to be fair, it's pretty oh, fair because you like. You literally can't come up with everything no. that your group will need. Like it's In impossible. Session zero, it's, you just can't. It's okay. Patches you go. Yeah. Patches you go. It's like software. <laughs> it is like software, right? Like, um, but, but, you know, also sometimes you have groups that just will like, I've been playing with the same group for, um, gosh, what, like five, six years now? And we, we've we never needed it, right? We've never needed it. Um, and that's just because of the style of play that we do. So, you know, it's fair. It's fair if this has never been part of your session zero discussion before and you're like, oh my God, do I need to add it, right? Like, I don't know, maybe it depends on the group. If you know you have a group that gets stuck, then maybe yes. But if you don't, then it's fair to assume that people are going to be able to reach consensus until they prove to you otherwise. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, th all of that gets us back to the ultimate goal, which is to get past the paralysis and into a decision. Um, our hope here is that by kind of breaking down why analysis, analysis paralysis can occur and giving you some tips for how to address each one, when you run into this in your group, you can figure out which one of these is kind of the overriding prob problem and then employ some of these to hopefully solve some of those problems. And again, just as a reminder, decision-making as individuals and as groups, decision-making is a skill. You can get better at it um, if you work at it. So uh, good luck to everybody. Yeah. And with that, there is no decision left. <laughs> um, we are ready to move into the closing. And to do that, we have to talk about one of our other shows on the Misdirected Mark Network, um, which is probably by downloads the most popular show until one day Panda starts talking about D&D. Right, um, right. When Panda starts talking about D&D, <laughs> yeah, we will take over as the most fine. popular show. Yeah, but in fine. the meantime, 
in the meantime, <laughs> what's that other show? Well, it is Mastering Dungeons, where RPG veterans and game designers Teo Sabadia and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, uh, reporting the news, understanding the I've lost my place, the business, <laughs> reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a GM, or a designer, Sean and Teo's cover topics in co- ah, topics of interest to you. To be fair, there is a cat on my lap. She is like digging her claws into my hand as she rearranges herself. And I was trying to pretend that it wasn't happening, but not only did I flub Mastering Dungeons, I'm also pretty sure that I just mispronounced uh, Teos's last name again. So um, anyway, we're just going to keep moving. <laughs> we apologize for the hot mess of a, of a blurb for that that cat. was. Uh, ow. <laughs> ow. <laughs> Say, Senda, how do people uh, find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can... Uh, hunt us down on the Tiki Talkies, uh, which is just our personal Twitter ha- uh, handles. Um, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those locations, what can they do with that information? Uh, just like the Joe Pound did, you can kick us out a topic for us to discuss. Ask us um, a question about GMing. Uh, hit us up with something that is something that troubles you or you know, grinds on you or whatever at the table, something that's making GM less GMing less fun, right? That's it. Yeah. Give us that thing or and playing. let us take a heck. They, we're playing, whatever. Yeah. Let us take a crack at it. Um, let us see if we can't come up with some reasons why it might be happening and ways that you can deal with it, just like today's episode, mm-hmm. and ultimately make your GMing experiences more better fun. More better fun times. More better fun. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, that is uh, our goal. So send us stuff because that's how we make the show. Honestly, like 95% of the show is just your stuff. We are the car talk of GMing advice. (laughs) The queer car talk of GMing advice. It's It's making a weird noise. What do I do? True facts. All right. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, hit us up on the old Patreons, patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Bamboo Lounge coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the after show from the Misdirected Mark, uh, the incredible uh, Misdirected Mark Slack Room, 110-ish so fantastic people talking about everything about life from food to complaining about work to role-playing games, all of that stuff. Um, Friday, Zoom calls. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, I am. Um, I dig it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all of that stuff is uh, possible if you are a patron of um, of us. And we love our patrons because uh, you have made everything that we do possible from the bandwidth to the disk space we use to put all of the podcasts that we make somewhere um, to microphones, cables, all of that stuff. So uh, we thank you greatly for your support and for helping us to keep doing what we love doing, uh, which hopefully is helping you keep to doing what you love doing, which is game mastering. Yeah, all cool. the things. If you are already supporting our Patreon campaign, thank you very much. If you are unable to support our Patreon campaign, it's not a problem at all. There's one more thing you could do for us involves a little bit of your time, but it is actually really helpful for us. Sunda, what's that thing? Well, you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. 
Um, or you could just tell a friend or like tell some stranger on Twitter. That's cool too. Um, direct recommendations tend to actually really work. <laughs> But also like leaving a reading or review is like telling a stranger that you like us too. So we're super here for it. Theoretically helps the algorithm and we really like reading them. So uh, also please feel free to ping us if you put one somewhere because there's a lot of places they could go. And I definitely um, do not have time in my day to check them all. There's so yep. many. So very, very many. But um, we do we do appreciate really those call outs when we get them. Yeah, they're really great. So thank you so very much to everybody who has already left a review or told a friend um, or recently started listening or have been listening for forever. Uh, we love and appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Cool, cool, cool. Say send them. Mm-hmm. What was the last decision that you got hung up on? Uh, what to have for dinner last night. <laughs> oh, that's a common one. Yeah. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Bloopy. And okay, I'm here. This, I actually pushed a button. I didn't trust it to do like a tap because the tap didn't work. Yes. Okay. Well, I am definitely clicked. I can't even use my trackpad now because I forgot yesterday it ran out of batteries and I forgot to put batteries in it. Boo. The batteries are literally five feet from here, but I'm just using the mouse. I, I have a gaming mouse hooked up to my Mac. Yeah. We're uh, running on mouse today. Well, I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm not using my external trackpad because that's connected to my work computer right now. So that's a whole thing. Bloop. Uh, hi, Ryan. I feel like I should preface this by saying there's still a cat living in my office and she's currently on my lap, wheezing softly. So um, possible that there's small cat, cat wheezes on my on my Could track be a meow today. at some point. Could be, could be a little smoker meow at some point. We might get up because she sounds like she should be wearing um, horn-rimmed glasses with a chain. And smoke six packs a day. Yep. Absolutely does. That's just her. She's my little wheezy girl. Bloop. We're also going to try to do a tighter episode today because Senda has company. So I do. I have house guests. I'm, I deserted my house guests yes. to record a show. So we're going to just try to plow through a show in a reasonable amount of time. Probably a short lounge. I say all these things, but this will then go down on record as like the longest episode we've ever done. I know. Like, when, when have we ever said... This will be a short show. And then it actually was. We're going to do 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes if you weren't so much fun to talk to. Aw, well, aren't you sweet? I do know. What we I just can. we don't. We just don't stop talking. It just doesn't happen. Okay. Anyway. If you think we, we talk a lot here, you should see our phone bill. <laughs> very much she's a very wheezy girl she's a little wheezy girl she's okay she can breathe again but she's a little wheezy Bloop. Okay. okay all of our pieces are in place okay i'm hoping you already know the opening to this we'll see if you pick up on it <laughs> oh no nah, don't I'm even worry about it now. don't even don't worry about it just look at me look at me no. you got this you got this <laughs>
I feel like I'm now experiencing the topic that we're going to talk about with all of the what ifs. But anyway, I'm going to be quiet now so you can start. Winning. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got.